0: I want to be your real estate resource. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Your Real Estate Resource, a show featuring only real estate topics with the best uh, of guests. Today, we are lucky enough to have with us Joe Dilk from Connecticut Valley Artesian Well. Uh, Joe is a fourth-generation well driller, a licensed well driller, a water treatment specialist, an accredited geothermal installer, a certified air rotary pump installer, a past director and treasurer of the Massachusetts Groundwater Association, American Association of Radon Scientists and Technologists certified by Bryant College. So one hell of a resume, man. Thank you very much. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Thank you. Uh, so we're going to talk wells today. I guess um, before we get into wells, just a little bit of a history on, on how you got into the business.
1: Yeah, being a fourth-generation well driller, my great-grandfather originally started drilling, uh, much different technology than obviously today. Uh, My grandfather uh, started Connecticut Valley Artesian Well in the uh, early 50s. Um, And uh, essentially with things, I've grown up with it my entire life. Uh, I actually went to Bryant being actually a business school part of things. I uh, spent my four years of financial management and accounting, and it turns out I do chemistry, geology, and physics all day. But uh, as a businessman, it certainly helps. But um, everyone needs water, and people don't appreciate the sources and what it does to our daily life to make life run. Sure. So talk about some of the options for how people can get their water. Um, if you're not on a municipal water supply, then the, you'd be on a private well, Um most modern homes are on a drilled well, um, also known as an artesian well or bedrock well in this area. Uh, there's all different wells throughout the country, but the most common in western Mass, northern Connecticut, is certainly a bedrock well. Uh, there are some surface wells still out there, also known as dug wells. Those are typically uh, 10 to 30 feet deep and a surface water supply compared to a deeper well, which is a drilled well, which really, I mean, you can have one from the 30s that's still a, a drilled or artesian well, and that's the deeper source and a more safe, constant source of water for for daily life. So, what's like the, the
0: shallowest drilled well that you're gonna that you're gonna have, and then how deep have you guys gone with them?
1: Uh, there are some wells out there, more commonly done in the 40s and 50s, that might be anywhere from 40 to 60 feet deep. I would say nowadays, going deeper into the aquifer, um, your average is usually about 120 to 520 feet uh, in some areas depending on the geology we do go 600 feet uh, for geothermal heating and cooling uh, we've drilled past 1200 but you're not looking for water that's for a whole different type of system
0: okay and now so you said that they used to be 40 and now they're like you know 120 plus is that like you could still get to some water at 40 or 50 but you're getting a higher quality if you go down to 120 why are we going so so deep at the wells
1: uh, lots of different reasons um, primary is people are using more water it's not a post-World War II house with one bathroom uh, and everyone using that one bathroom uh, looking for higher volume higher quality um, people want to do their lawns um, also the technology of be able to seal the casing which we can get into later uh, is far superior now and essentially now we're getting a pure source down deep compared to before you get surface water which is more directly related to the surface aquifer and could have a higher tense of uh, bacteria so we're sealing all that out and going down deeper and it's, it's just uh the it's what the boards of health want you to do it's what they'd actually require you to do in most towns to get a building permit
0: okay so how about safety right so if i'm on you know if I'm somebody that's let's say used to a, a public water source and then I move and uh, get a, a newer house and now it comes with a well, should I be concerned about the safety of the water that I'm drinking?
1: Um, not necessarily concerned, but certainly educate yourself on it and test to be sure that it is okay. Um, every water supply is, is different. Um, you know, even some, I mean, thankfully in the Northeast, the public water supplies are far superior than other parts of the country. But um, it is something that with wells, uh, whether it's one that you currently have or looking at buying a house, uh, you certainly want to, if you're buying a house, do a well inspection to know the basics, the quantity that the well is producing, the quality that the well is producing, the nature of the well. If it's an existing home, um, check, checking the well for safety with uh, regularity is certainly a good idea. Uh, Mass DEP, for instance, recommends to check for bacteria every two years and do a complete detailed scan, including heavy metals, every 10 years. Um, I bought my house in uh, Wilbraham, Mass. back in 2007. I'm a water chemistry guy. I don't sit and test my water every year. I did a very thorough test before we bought it, and then before my uh, when we found out my wife was pregnant, uh, we did the, well, another test just to dot our I's, cross our T's, And other than that, you you just, um, you know, it's education. You got to make sure the water is safe to begin with. A bedrock well very rarely fluctuates in terms of quality. Uh, A surface well is directly related to rain and fluctuates throughout the season. So that's why it's a big difference between the type of well and the nature. Surface wells have a much higher probability of having bacteria. Because, for instance, it'll rain and it'll get into a surface well in... You know, 20 minutes to two hours compared to a drilled well, the rain gets down there. That's how it replenishes the aquifer. But it's more like 200 to 2,000 years and the earth filters it. So that's why we're going down deeper into the bedrock aquifer.
0: Um, The testing that you're talking about, do you guys actually do
1: the testing or are you just well installers and repairers, etc.? We test the water um, in-house and send them out to labs. So depending on what we're trying to test for. Um, we'll do a basic 11-item mineral test for people. When it comes to safety and potability, um, it's actually required that's being done by a state-certified lab. So we have the ability to take it. We are licensed to take the samples, but we would bring them to a uh, certified lab, whether it's in Massachusetts or Connecticut.
0: Okay. Um, and then, what about the treatment after? Let's say you 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 know do this test. It comes back. It's got problems.
1: Yeah. Um, most wells are actually beautiful there there's not an issue um, more common than not is cosmetic in New England you can have uh, some hardness and iron uh, if it did have health related items um, in the very few that do but the ones that I run into being a wire treatment specialist if you had uh, you know naturally occurring lead arsenic radon things like that you would remediate accordingly so there are um, literally hundreds to thousands of different types of 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 systems out there so it'd be tailored to the individual water quality the family's needs the operating pressures volume stuff like that and so it's really tailored to that it's not just a one size fits all
0: and are, are most of the time you're treating the well or are you putting a system inside like a filtration system
1: that's you know sits inside the house what are the different options there no that's a great question the uh In most cases, it's gonna be inside. So it's a point of entry system, meaning it's coming, the the water's being pumped into the house and before it's distributed throughout the household plumbing, it's treated at that point. Um, There are some occasions where something is actually put around the submersible pump. For instance, if you have sand, there's a sand separator that can go out there. Uh, In some cases, there is well augmentation that can be done. Say if you had a casing that was leaking, you can sleeve. Uh, put a pipe within a pipe to do some some treatment there. But in most cases, whether it's an inline filter, softener, um, other types of remediation, it's all going to be inside before it gets distributed. And typically, for instance, you wouldn't soften water going to the irrigation system. It's mainly for the household use in your potable supply. So while
0: we're talking okay. irrigation, are you know people able to do that out of one well? Do you recommend a separate
1: second well in order to do that? In most cases, um, it's one well, at least with a a modern system. Uh, Irrigation, frankly, is going to use far more water, require higher volume, higher pressure than normal household use. So if it can take care of the irrigation, it can certainly take care of, you know, three and a half, four-bathroom house. Um, With a modern constant pressure system, what we can get into later, uh, when the irrigation system is going, Uh, this system, the pump will actually speed up to maintain that same pressure. Um, So it's not like you can only have one run, one thing at a time, right? Keep in mind that most irrigation systems are going off early morning. So you'd have it shut down before people are getting up, going to work and taking showers in the morning. So usually not competing for the same time. Let's say I'm,
0: I'm the town water, uh, but I want to do an irrigation system and I'm trying to, you know, save some money. Is there a, like a cheaper well that I could do just to do my irrigation system, or do you have to do the 120 feet down, full well,
1: etc.? Yeah, in most areas, you're going to have to put in the bigger wells. There are some areas, um, you know, so for instance, along the Connecticut River, where you can put in a point well, and people have been doing it for years. Uh, most of the old time drillers that used to do that are not even around anymore. Um, you still need to technically have a license and pull a permit to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the issue for most people is that when you're doing that, uh, when you want to irrigate the most, that surface water is not necessarily there. So you want to irrigate in July and August to keep the grass green and the water table goes down. It's not a, it's not a, not a good investment. Yep. Uh, but you take some local areas where the water bills are just getting incredible and people are spending thousands of dollars a year for irrigation. Um, then you just got to look at your return on your investment. Uh, right. You know, how many years it's going to take to pay for it and you raise your value of your the house accordingly and you're independent. Some people decide to get completely off and don't want to have the chlorine and fluoride from the town and they just go completely on the well. And that depends on the town if they'd even be allowed to do that, but you can almost always drill a well for irrigation. And in most areas, you know, people want to be able to be off the grid or if they're off, yeah. to, especially if they're in the off the municipal water supply, they want to build to have a, a nice modern system, high quality and high pressure. It's-
0: well, we're coming up against the break here. But one question, we just kind of talked money a little bit. And I know the, the prices are going to be all over the place, depending on what type of soil you have, et cetera, if you hit some ledge. But ballpark, somebody wants to uh, put a brand new well system in. They want to do their whole house and the irrigation. You know, what might the range that somebody could be looking at to do that?
1: Yeah, it depends on with the building project, you know what people are doing. If they're hiring independent people for the electrician and trenching, but normally you might be looking, you know, seven to fifteen thousand dollars with a modern high pressure system. It can be less. Uh, it can certainly be a little more depending on you know what you're looking at. It all depends on the geology. Some areas we'll look up. We did every well uh, on the street, and they're all two hundred feet. Other ones we do it and. The geology makes it all the wells are 500 feet when you're, yeah. you're paying by the foot so it can certainly uh it gets uh more costs and also bigger pumping systems so the co- cost reflects that
0: yeah and then just quickly what about just to run that pump what are people looking at an annual cost once they've installed it
1: um i've actually never had any numbers on what no. it costs for for um for the power i could certainly fairly minimal Oh, absolutely! Yeah. A, a modern variable speed system. It's a three-phase motor. It's about as efficient as you're, you're going to get. Yeah, uh, compared to the older pumps that are in the basement that are you know uh, called a jet pump. They were state of the art when they went in, but technology's come a long way. So high okay. pressure systems are extremely efficient.
0: Listen, Joe, ton of great information. Uh, we got it. We're up against the break here, though. Quickly, if people want to get in touch with you or have additional questions
1: about their well, what's the best way to do that? Uh, you can uh, uh, go to. Uh, well wellandpumpservice.com uh, or you could be able to go ahead and uh, go to 413-525-7656. That's 413-525-7656 and uh, give us a call with any questions.
0: Awesome. Guys, as always, if you have any real estate related questions, please feel free to reach out to me and my team, 413-998-7466. We'll be right back with Joe Dilk from Connecticut Valley Artesian Well
1: from North Point Mortgage, your local mortgage lender. We cater to first-time home buyers, offering a full range of loan programs, including USDA, VA, FHA, and Mass Housing. With state-of-the-art technology, we streamline the mortgage process for you. North Point has offices throughout New England, including West Springfield, Rocky Hill, and Sturbridge. Please contact Melissa Ostrander at 413-977-8155 or at mortgageswithmelissa.com. I look forward to hearing from you. Melissa Ostrander, MLS number 1396546, North Point, MLS 1515.
0: Are you thinking about selling a piece of real estate in the next three to six months, but aren't sure where to get started? I'm Steve Revithis. I run Revitus Realty, and we would love to talk to you about how we can position your property to get top dollar. Our team of experts can help you make the appropriate repairs, stage the property, and make the property stand out online with professional photography and videography. Please give us a call at 413-998-7466. That's 413-998-7466, and talk to one of our listing specialists. Attention Massachusetts and Connecticut homeowners, 2019 is shaping up to be a fantastic real estate market. I'm Steve Ravithis, I run Ravithis Realty, and we focus on Western Massachusetts and Northern Connecticut. Let us help you sell and get top dollar while the market's still hot. Call us at 413-998-7466. That's 413-998-7466. Who you choose to work with matters, and we want to be your real estate resource. Are you thinking about purchasing real estate in the next three to six months, but aren't sure where to get started? I'm Steve Revithis. I run Revithis Realty and we love educating people about the home buying process. We want to be your real estate resource from helping you find the properties to aligning you with the best local lenders, inspectors, and attorneys to facilitate your transaction. Please give us a call at 413-998-7466. That's 413-998-7466 and talk to one of our buyer specialists. Welcome back to your real estate resource. I'm your host, Steve Ravithis with Ravithis Realty, and we are back here with Joe Dilk from Connecticut Valley Artesian Well. Welcome back. Thank you. Um, so listen, let's talk about the the actual inspection. You know, I'm in the process of buying a house and I've got my home inspector lined up. What are you guys going to do when called in to actually check out and inspect the well?
1: Uh, first and foremost, we're going to determine what kind of well it has. That's really the basics of where we're going to go from there. Okay. Um, if the original, uh, well drilling information was available with a well completion report, whether from the original driller or from the town, that's excellent information. Every buyer should have, It's going to say all, all the original facts, how deep it is, how many gallons a minute it produced. Um, from that point, we'd be looking at starting at the well cap. Uh, the well cap is the first defense between keeping the surface environment out and the bedrock aquifer, and not only for that well, but for future generations, pure. Now the cap is above grade? The cap is typically above grade. Yeah. Uh, most modern wells, you when you drive down the street, you'll probably notice little pipes sticking up with a little cap on top. Um, that's above grade. Back in the 50s and 60s with an older type of pumping system, it is very common to have the um, the well buried, and there's tens of thousands of them out there. Um, with those, um, sometimes people don't even know where the well is located. It was three owners ago. It's somewhere in the front yard. Well, that's something that a buyer should have because something happens to it, and there's two feet of snow on the ground and a two feet of frost. Right. That, that's a bad a situation. So yeah. that's going to you want to know where the well is located. Um, with the well cap itself, it needs to be a certain height or a certain cap. Uh, combination that has a seal and a gasket and a screen Um, that's something that the older style lid caps um, do not even keep bugs out uh, as disgusting as it sounds it's very important to be able to have a well cap with a proper seal and that's going to be dependent on what kind of well it is obviously
0: so as much as i don't want to have a pipe sticking out of my yard for the well it's it's in your best interest to have a pipe sticking out of your yard
1: it, it is. Um, there are ways to, to change it with a, a different type of cap that's just below grade, as long as this was not a flowing well, meaning water flowing out the top of it. They got to redirect. Uh, if it's not a flowing well, you can actually have it where um, almost like a irrigation valve box this is the green box yep. that's flushed. So you don't have to dig anything. You just have to dig to you know dig the snow off to okay. be able to have access to it. Okay. Um, that's really. Um, a very nice way to be able to have it so you don't have a pipe sticking out. okay. Other times people will put bushes around it or if it's in the side like mine's off by the edge of the wood line. so it's not a you know, not a deal at all okay um, but it is something that um, there are different options depending on on things. With the well inspection, uh, we'd also if it's a submersible pump, we'd be checking the pump electrically, checking for ground, checking the ohms, checking the amps. Uh, without having to pull the pump up, you can say, okay, it looks like, boy, it might have been a near you know, lightning strike and there's some damage on it. It doesn't mean that it's not going to run. It's just a good thing for a homeowner to know that, okay, the pump has been compromised somewhat. Can't tell you if it's going to run for two more weeks or two more years, but still good information. Uh, we check the tank for corrosion uh, to make sure that the bladder inside the tank is still competent. Um, we also would tech the tank, water. tanks are always inside. Would they ever be outside? Um, they're almost always, uh, inside. inside. It's something that you don't want to you know, freeze. There are seasonal houses, cottages that can be winterized to be able to have it. Uh, but there's going to be a tank somewhere. Okay. Um, with the, uh, inspection, we'd also be going ahead and, uh, recommending testing based on the type of well in the local geology in the area. Um, that's something that when you do the inspection, the, uh, the groundwater professional is a very key resource to be able to know because they're going to know the rock and what to check for, not just for cosmetic things, but for health related items. Now are you guys like
0: sticking, I mean, these wells could be hundreds of feet. You guys sticking a camera down cause that the, the pump is all the way down at the bottom. Yeah. Typically 20 feet off the bottom. Okay. So you're sticking like a camera down there. Are you going to be able to tell me the make, the model, everything on that pump or how, or just literally if it works and the power
1: and. Typically, we're looking at just the um, the actual electric um, capacity of it, of okay. how it's working. Uh, it'll check the wire, if there's a skin on the wire. Um, we can certainly pull the pump. We have that available to do. i got a crew of guys that can do it. Most people um, aren't necessarily looking to spend that much money. Um, if they're going to make a decision on testing one thing or the other, a basic well inspection, water testing is the first priority. Um Typically, people have the information, you know, mm-hmm. whether uh, the well driller has their sticker on the tank or on the well cap or if the town has a record of who did it and they can contact them and find out. I mean, our service records go back to the 50s. Okay. So I can tell you, you know, how much we paid for gas back in 1953 for the drilling machine. That's how detailed our information our, And our so you, got, you is. got this
0: pump sitting at the bottom. Yep. And then you got a pipe that's going to run up to get it to
1: that uh, to the cap. Right. And how big of a pipe are we talking about? It's a one inch line that runs from the pump itself up and then the water doesn't go up to the cap. The water actually goes through the side of the casing below the frost line so it doesn't freeze. Okay. And the electrical wire comes up to the surface and back down. Okay. And then the cap is just there for access. Exactly. Okay. Access. It's in line vertically uh, so you can pull the pump uh, if need be. Even a top line pump that lasts 20, 30 years, eventually you can get tired. Yep. Um, if it got struck by lightning, um, wells can get hit by lightning. It's one heck of a lightning rod. Um, but it is something that, uh, from that point, the water is just brought into the house, goes into the well tank, and then it's controlled with either a conventional pressure switch or, um, a device that controls the pressure.
0: Okay. And we talked about the, the submersible pump, but there's also another pump called the jet.
1: Yeah. A jet mm-hmm. or suction pump were really used forties, fifties, sixties. Early part of the 70s, um, from that point, it converted to submersible pumps. The jet pump was in the basement and uh, was either purely sucking the water out of the well or had two lines going out. One line pushes in order to bring more, more water back in. Okay. And there's still thousands thousands of them out yeah. there. People will sometimes want to be able to take that older system and convert it to a uh, submersible pump. Submersible pump can just produce higher volume, higher pressure, and more dependable. That's basically our, our modern-day high-pressure system? Um, the submersible pump it was one step in the in, in the process, and now the electronic controls that gives you a high pressure is called a variable frequency drive. That's what gives you the constant pressure. Instead of the pump turning on at uh, 40 pounds, building up to 60 pounds, um, it's like a light bulb. It's the pump's either on or off filling that tank. Uh, modern system has a control that senses the pressure, and say it's at 75 pounds, um, someone turns on the water in the house, and the pump will say, okay, I, I need to run faster, and so it revs up and revs down to give that constant pressure. So it's more like city water. Gotcha, gotcha, very nice. Um, how can I raise the pressure of my existing well if I don't love the pressure that I'm getting now? Uh, depends on the t- kind of pumping system. Um, on some systems you can just put in a a larger tank to run it say another 10 20 pounds higher Um, you can't just crank the pressure up without having a bigger tank because you'll actually take out the motor by something called short cycling Uh, the more appropriate way to do it in the past 15 years 20 years uh, is to be able to go ahead and to convert to that VFD drive Uh, you can either take your conventional submersible pump and uh, Run it with uh, controllers, and it's just like putting a transmission on. It's just controlling the flow. Other times, say okay, that original pump isn't necessarily ideal, uh, and you might want to be able to start from scratch and pump. You know, if you wanted to build to irrigate an acre to of water, you might want to put in that drive in addition to a different combination of uh, impeller and motor combination. But oftentimes, you can just go ahead and just. My house in Wilbraham. I have been going ahead with the same pump that was installed in 95 for the previous owners. In the past 10 years, I've been cranking at high pressure with that original pump without ever pulling it. No I've issues. never pulled it once.
0: Uh, let's talk a little about uh, the treatment industry, mm-hmm. right? So what are the options out there? What's changed over the years?
1: Typically, uh, you know, if you needed something... Uh, a inline filter is the most common application. An inline filter is for grit, actual physical material. Uh, say if you had little particles of uh, bedrock coming through. Um, a second most common system would be a water conditioner. Water conditioner does three things very well. It pulls out hardness. It pulls out iron. It pulls out manganese. Um, that is you know, one of many, many different types of systems out there. An acid neutralizer can raise the pH up, and I can go on and on on each level. But it is something that the most efficient systems nowadays are all energy efficient. Um, Compared to a softener in the 70s that go through a tremendous amount of, of salt and wasted water, The new ones uh, would be able to actually run for um, several years on what an old system used to only run on a month or two on. Um, Another common system is uh, ozone. Um, That's something for treating iron or hydrogen sulfide. It leaves no residue. There's no chemicals you have to do. It generates its own ozone. That's what bottled water company plants and towns would use. Instead of having it for a town, you have it for your own private system, and it really makes some beautiful water. So these sound like
0: very complicated systems between the inline and all these filtrations and the softeners. Why can't I just deal with, you know, I got the filter in my fridge and I'm just getting all my water out of my fridge and and have safe drinking water that way?
1: No, that's an excellent question. The uh, fridge filter is really meant for cosmetics. Um, It is typically a carbon, a granular activated carbon cartridge that's meant to improve taste. Uh, it's very good at what it does. It pulls out chlorine out of city water, which is its primary application. It can improve the taste of some well water because carbon's excellent at absorbing things. Um, but people often get the idea that it's actually making the water safer. Yeah. Um, and carbon is good at a lot of things, but it doesn't pull out lead, it doesn't pull out arsenic, it doesn't pull out a lot of things that even though they'd be rare, um, you know, if you did have that, it, it'd be a, a false sense of security
0: you know i'm assuming is that the same for these different filtration systems that i can just put my water in the fridge or i can add the thing to the faucet all just doing that kind of same thing and not super useful for actually getting the harmful stuff out of the water
1: yeah it depends on on the product some of the most uh popular ones on the market are really not doing much of anything after the first few gallons going through it yeah uh others they do work, but you don't know how long it's working for. It takes the same. It's going to improve the taste for right. 100 to 500 times longer than the actual safety re- region is doing it. So you don't actually know. You're better off, if you have an actual issue with a contaminant, you're better off to have a specialized system that you know when it's working and what it's producing.
0: Joe, we're up against the end of the show here. Just quickly, really appreciate all your time in educating our listeners. Best way to get in touch with you before the
1: end here. Uh, you can uh, give us a call at Connecticut Valley at 413-525-7656. You can just Google Google Connecticut Valley Artesian Well or go to wellandpumpservice.com. Awesome, man. Thanks so much for being on the show. Guys, as
0: always, our number, 413-998-7466. I'm Steve Revithis, and I want to be your real estate resource.